Come thou fount of every blessing, along with the scripture readings as part of the basis for the message. So here today, before we begin, the words of verse 4 of come thou fount of every blessing. Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see thy lovely face. Clothed then in the blood-washed linen, how I'll sing thy wondrous grace. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry, take my ransomed soul away. Send thine angels soon to carry me to realms of endless day. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Have you ever been caught up in the juicy news of gossip, enthralled by a scandal that just has caught your attention? Maybe you know you shouldn't look at it, you you shouldn't watch it, but it's like a car wreck as you're driving down the road. You can't help but look at what's going on. Maybe it's, it's kind of like, uh, maybe it's another politician caught up in something they shouldn't be. Or maybe it's your neighbor down the street whose criminal activities have been exposed. Maybe it's a coworker who couldn't keep their pants on. But even if you know you shouldn't, you may feign shock but you want to hear every juicy detail of this story. You know you shouldn't, but deep down we we love a good scandal, as long as it isn't about us or about our family. We love to feel better as we hear the stories of somebody else caught up in something. Well, today's gospel lesson is filled with scandal. In ancient times, If you were caught in adultery, you could be stoned to death. And here we find Mary, unwed and pregnant, caught in the middle of a scandal. She knows what people are going to be calling her, what they're going to be saying about her, what they'll be saying about this baby, the names they'll call him. Mary is caught up in a scandal. And women in her day had no rights. They had very little protection. So if Joseph doesn't take her in, she's in trouble, exposed, vulnerable, and helpless. I can just imagine the water cooler talk, the the Facebook comment section as she's walking by. Who does she think she's fooling? Virgin and, and I'm pregnant? We know how babies are made. You're not fooling us. I can't believe she'd make up this story. Can you hear the whispers as she's walking by, walking down the street, the the gossip that's spreading? And can you believe that that the child isn't Joseph? If it's not his, who is is it? And and Joseph's just going to pretend this baby is his? Pretend like it doesn't matter? They're going to claim it's God's? Can you hear the whispers? Even Even if people don't know the story right away, it's hard to hide a pregnancy for long. Suddenly people are going to notice Mary's wearing baggier clothes than she used to. And then the baby comes and, well, they only got married four months ago? 
I'm pretty sure babies take nine. You're not going to be able to hide this for too long. Hollywood couldn't dream up a juicier story. And yet it's in this story. We continue to, to see the scandal. I can only imagine the heartbreak Joseph is going through. He is sat there and he suddenly finds out this woman he was meant to apparently missed the slide. The woman he was meant to marry has suddenly been pregnant. And he knows it's not his. He may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. He knows better than that. He knows this child isn't his baby. All those plans, those dreams about a future, those dreams of, of the children, the home they'd have, shattered. I can only imagine what's going through Joseph's mind that night as the angel comes to him. But the angel comes, tells him, this baby is from God. Take Mary as your wife. And Joseph wakes up and he believes in the word of the angel. He takes Mary home. What faithfulness, what courage Joseph shows in the midst of this scandal. See, he he wanted to divorce her. He wanted to do it quietly because he was a just man. But when God called on him to be faithful, he answered the call. See, as people who are familiar with scandal, we, we see it all the time in our news, we read it in the papers, we see it on our Facebook feeds, we know what the scandal of this story is. It's not Mary. It's not Joseph. It's the baby boy who was to be born. Emmanuel, God with us. You heard me right. The scandal is not in the unwed, virgin, pregnant mother. It's not in Joseph who takes this woman and child who are not his into his home. It's that God would enter into creation, would become one of us, that he would lower himself, the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth is now going to be born into a manger. See, at just the right time, God brought to completion his plan for salvation. We see this in the words of Galatians 4. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. God came for us. So why is, why is Jesus so scandalous? Why is this story so scandalous? Well, it starts by recognizing how Matthew begins his gospel. And we didn't read that today, but think of what Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, how it begins. He starts it by saying, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. Matthew is grounding this story in history. He doesn't say once upon a time as if this is some good moral endeavor. He says that what Jesus has done and who he is really happened. After all, it's called the the gospel of Matthew. And remember, gospel means good news. It's a declaration of something that has been done. It's not a declaration of here's some moral teacher, now figure it out and go save yourself. This is what God has done for you. 
So that's the first part. But it's also a scandal because the God of creation, the God who created all things, lowered himself, became vulnerable, became breakable for us. The only religion in the world that can claim a characteristic of God is courage, is Christianity. Because God had to display courage as he came here into our world, knowing the suffering he would bear, knowing he would be rejected, knowing that the way and the cost of our redemption was a cross. God showed courage as he came to save us. See, it's amazing as you think about this story and you realize that, that God humbled himself. He lowered himself for us. Gods and kings don't lower themselves from people that are beneath them. And they especially don't lower themselves for people who have rebelled against them. What president would come down and sacrifice himself for those who had openly rebelled against him? And yet our God does. Why does he do this? Our gospel reading from today, verse 21, tells us why. Because he himself will save us from our sins. He will save his people and they will call his name Jesus, which means God is with us. Or God with us. See, Jesus came and his name and his purpose go together. His identity and his mission come together. He came to bring us salvation, to bring us home, to restore that relationship. It's an amazing story. And as we look at today's gospel lesson, we see in Joseph a picture of God of faithfulness. And that points us back to God's faithfulness to us. And you might be amazed by the story of what Joseph has done and that the courage he showed to take this woman home, especially in that culture. But we should be awestruck, astounded at the amazing Amazing love and faithfulness God shows to us in Jesus Christ. See, the story of Scripture from Genesis through Revelation is all about God who is faithful to a people who continue to walk away, who continue to rebel, who continue to act faithlessly, who do the wrong thing and turn to everywhere but the God who loves them. It's the story of a God whose mercy And love will not fail and will not relent. See, God, even when we're faithless, when we have wandered away, when we have gone astray, he remains faithful. His steadfast love endures. He continues to go the same way. He will not deny us. He will not fail us. And so at just the right time, God sent his son, born born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. He came on a divine rescue mission for you and me. See, even today, God still remains faithful to those promises. He remains steadfast in his love for each and every one of us. But today, he doesn't send his son in the flesh to you and me, at least not in the same way he did 2,000 years ago. I haven't had a conversation with, with Jesus in the flesh. But he still comes. See, today, God comes in and through his people. 
since Jesus has risen and ascended, he now comes to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. He comes to us in brothers and sisters who have conversations with us at just the right moment about the right thing at the right time to challenge our faith, to grow and to be strengthened, to call us back to faithfulness, to remind us of his love. I remember a time when that happened for me while I was at the seminary and just about everyone I know at some point when they're trained to be a pastor goes through a period where they're struggling. They're not sure if they're in the right place or doing the right thing. And I remember doubting that, that I was really meant to be a leader. And I remember over a course of conversations with one of my mentors, at one point he sat me down and he said, Matt, you need to stop this. Every time we talk, you go through this, but every time I see you out there, you remind me of a young King David. I was, what do you mean by that? that? That sounds like a pretty weighty statement. He said, let me finish. See, David comes into the situation with a giant, and he looks around, and he wonders why no one's doing anything. He sees those, this giant mocking God's people, mocking God, and he sees those who should be leading, those who are more mature, who have more strength, more wisdom, who are more capable. And he turns and asks him, why aren't you doing anything? Don't you know that our God is with us, that our God fights for us? And as they shrug their shoulders, he picks up a stone and he just takes care of it. Matt, you you just do things when they need to be done. Stop saying you're not a leader. Lead the way that God has called you to lead, as a person God has called you to be. He has plans for you. It's time to step up to the battlefield and lead. In those dark moments when I'm unsure or feel unsecure, feel overwhelmed by the magnitude of circumstances or situations, I'm reminded of those words. See, I believe that at just the right moment in time, God sent his son into the world to bring his plan of salvation to fruition. I believe at just the right moment in my life, God brought that man for a, a season to shape me. I believe at just the right moment in your life, God has brought people in your past Today and in the future, he will continue to bring people at just the right moment to shape you, to strengthen you, to challenge you. But even more importantly for you as you sit here right now, I believe that as people who are loved and sent by God, as a child of God, that God has sent you at just the right time to someone. I believe that for at least one person, you are God's plan A that you are the person he is looking to use to bring his plan of salvation into their lives through the Holy Spirit. And that may sound like something overwhelming, but realize that God empowers you with his Holy Spirit as you go. See, as you go from this place, as you go out in the world, God promises that he works through your weakness, through your brokenness, that his strength is displayed in your awkwardness and your tongue-tiedness when you don't know what to say and you seem to be saying all the wrong words. God promises that he works through broken things, through broken people, because that's the only kind of people there are. See, at just the right moment, God is sending you to someone. In a world that loves scandal and scandalous stories, what could be more scandalous 
than broken, weak, messy Christians. And that's what we all are. Who find their strength, their peace, their hope, their joy, their life and their love in a God who was condemned and crucified as a common criminal but who rose again from the grave, ascended into heaven, and is now sitting in the seat of power, who will come again in glory. See, this God, who has the authority, has sent you as his ambassadors into the world to share his message, his story. It's not about your story. It's not about what you can do or what these people can do, but it's about telling the good news of what God has done, that gospel story that a little baby boy entered into the world to a scandalous situation and died a scandalous death so that we might be reconciled to God on account of what he has done. I'd invite you to speak with me the last last stanza of Come Thou Fount as our prayer. Together. Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see thy lovely face Clothed then in the blood-washed linen, how I'll sing thy wondrous grace. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry. Take my ransomed soul away. Send thine angels soon to carry me to realms of endless day. Amen.